Welcome to Holy Spontaneity. It's Cameron and Karen, and we're on a journey to find the Lord in the little moments of every day. So join us on an adventure of holy, spontaneous faith in otherwise normal lives. We're so glad you're here. Hello, Hello. listeners. Howdy, howdy. Um, My week you know, it's, it's crazy to me how time works. You know, last fall when I was student teaching, like the weeks would just, I mean, depending on the week, but like most of the time they would just fly by because you're in the teacher world and you're just exhausted all the time and you're just going and you're doing and you're going and you're doing. And so by the time you get to Friday, you're like, oh, thank God it's Friday. But also like (laughs) where it's now Friday. Yeah. But now that I'm not teaching and I just kind of like, most, if not all my weeks have looked different from each other. So it just, this was a week where I feel like I didn't do much, but still like, shoot, how is it already Friday at 8.30? I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not understanding, but it was a pretty good week. It was a really good, good week. I'm so um, glad. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Hard to remember what I did Monday, but Valentine's Day was fun. And mm-hmm. then Wednesday was getting back in the babysitting. One of my favorite families, and that was a lot of fun. And then subbing yesterday, that'll lead into my holy spot in eighty moment. But <laughs> uh, don't get into it now. Oh my god, I want I have... to. Well, wait, I want to too. Should we just do ours at the beginning? Because I no, I no, I like no, it. We should like though. I like it at the end. It's not gonna have the same effect. It's fine. Okay, we'll do it at the end. We'll do it at the okay. end. Okay. All right, guys, this week we are chatting just the two of us about something just that the two of us. we can, we can make it if we try. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> we cannot be the only ones who have thought that. I'm just no, saying. surely not. No. I'd be disappointed if we were. And, and yeah, but um, yeah, this week it's just us and we are chatting about something that's very special and important to both of us um Dremel. yeah Dremel. the chosen Woo-hoo. yeah so the tv series the chosen so if you haven't seen it um you know please like you can continue to listen to this i mean t- i would say that like t- okay you can't have spoilers because it's literally the bible however but also however but also there will probably be spoilers there will be there will i'm telling you now there will be spoilers (laughs) to the season three finale which just Mm -hmm. came out um Mm -hmm. so if you don't want to hear that part um we'll give okay we will give a warning before we start talking about the end of episode eight of season three sounds um, good so that people can hop off um but yeah, I, I really just wanted to, um, and I, you know, it's fitting that this is an episode with just you and me because it's so important to, to the both of us and so special to the mm-hmm. both of us. Um, and I think it would, it just hits different that it's the two of us talking about this. Mm-hmm. So Karen used to host these watch parties for the chosen for season one. I was just about to bring it up. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. And um, I totally want you to speak to that, but I think it's worth noting that Karen started watching this way before I did. Um, Mm -hmm. And then 
you know, she was telling me like, oh, you should watch it. And I was like, okay, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, she never then, did. <laughs> I literally, I was like, whatever, it's fine. Just another like Jesus TV show. Um, guys, little did she know? <laughs> little did I know. Um, what a beautiful blessing it would be in my life. Um, yeah. Karen, do you want to chat about your little watch parties? I attended one. I attended one. Yeah. And actually, I called them little watch parties, but they weren't. They were very well attended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were big. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, well, to start off, um, Cameron did a good job explaining what The Chosen is. But also, The Chosen is basically, yes, a television show about the life of Christ. But specifically, it's about Jesus. It's about the life of Christ through the eyes of those who knew him. And that's what I love most about how they explain the chosen. So it's not just the Bible stories we've grown up with. It's not just Noah and the ark, David and Goliath, um, feeding of the 5,000. It's, it's not just the Bible stories. It's the life of Christ through the eyes of those who knew him. They so give not- personalities to his mm-hmm. disciples, mm-hmm. the ones that we hear so much about where we don't know them. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get to know them based on the context of how they were described in the Bible. Um, yeah. And we should preface this actually with saying that this is not literal interpretations of the Bible. And the Bible is not meant to be literally interpreted, like in- interpreted. In- interpreted. 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 <laughs> Oh my gosh. Think about it. These are not literal interpretations and it's not meant to be literally mm-hmm. interpreted. Mm-hmm. Inter- interpreted. Interpreted. <laughs> but also, um, kind of going back to what the chosen is, um, it is Bible stories, um, life of Christ, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I believe from what I'm understanding. Um, I believe that on the producing slash writing of the script, like team, um, there is a, um, I think it's Protestant slash Episcopalian. There's, yeah. um, I don't know the, what other religion, but there's also a Catholic priest. So for those yeah. of our Catholic listeners. I think listeners, there's a Jewish rabbi. Yes. That's and. What um, like a, an Episcopalian pastor and then yes. a Catholic, Catholic priest. priest. And they are yes. all on these like round tables when they discuss the writing of the script. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yes. Um, which also like, this just makes me just so super duper excited. It hasn't been filmed yet, but for those of us, um, who are, oh gosh, Jonathan Rumi, the actor who plays Jesus, is also Catholic. And He's that's a just like practicing Catholic, which is he so is a, amazing. It's so good. So it makes me doubly excited for doubly. It makes me doubly excited for uh John chapter six, which is um Jesus and his Eucharist. This is where he starts explaining five, six, seven times, like, this is my body, this is my blood given up for you. Um, so just super duper excited for that. Um but this is the chosen. Um, and I came across this, it started, you know, getting big on Instagram. I just remember like seeing just a normal, I guess, like commercial for it, shall you say? Um, and I remember like, oh, okay, well, this kind of looks 
<laughs> I remember actually looking and watching the video and I was like, this kind of looks sketchy, but okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because it was, they, they did this in such a whole new way. It, um, they were all about this like nonprofit. Like they didn't want you to have to pay to watch it. They wanted the whole world to know about this show. They wanted the whole world to know Jesus um, in this way. And so I found the website and this is actually during um, the pandemic. So 2020, um, I remember, I think at that point they had released either like half a season one or like most of season one and there's like eight episodes um there's eight episodes in each season so far there's three yes um and so I remember legit watching the entirety of season one I think in like two days give or take like the one episode is like 45 minutes hour long so yeah praise be to god i found it during the pandemic because i wouldn't have time elsewhere um (laughs) but yeah this is where i found it and then we came back to college um and that's when i was like i need my friends and i need the university to know what this show has done for me and um what this show has done to probably others and so now um leading forth into the ministries that i helped lead at saint mary's and it kind of started off with, I think, um, when I was co-leading DMC on the Hill. So that stands for Divine Mercy Chaplet on the Hill. And we would meet um, at the Mary statue um, at St. Mary's in our like prayer garden that we have. And we would meet at, oh gosh, they yeah. used to meet at 1030, which yeah. was like extremely late, but we were like, that's, that's just too late. And so I think we bumped it up to like 930, I think. Yeah. And so that's when I think I just kind of showed to the group because it was a pretty well-attended group and I was like hey guys this is the chosen this is what it's done for me um I have been blessed with um not only a house but um an older brother who is open for company to come over and so we would have these watch parties where we would get my laptop and we would plug it into you know our tv and we would all just gather in our you know living room and we would (laughs) we got really creative the longer that we did this um Galen would cook uh, chicken fajita tacos and you know I would get you know cookies and um, it, it became like bring your own dinner and so we would just you know put it on yeah. the television and we would just it and I don't want to call it like a bible study but that kind of basically what it turned into like at the end but like, yeah you know, it would prompt conversation which is what mm-hmm. it's meant to do yeah absolutely mm-hmm. and it it was amazing because it affected everyone differently. And to me, it's like, you know, there are these certain parts of the episodes where, um, for example, um, I think in, yeah, beginning of season one, uh, Jesus um, pursues Mary Magdalene and he heals her of the seven demons and he calls her by name and he says, you are mine. And that's a pretty intense scene. And I think we, that was the episode we watched together. It might not have been, but for example, you know, just saying that, you know, what happened in the episode, I thought that that might've affected somebody else. And that never got brought up because other people that were there were like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think about the possibility of blah, blah, blah happening to blah, blah, blah. Um, or I never knew that, you know, Matthew was like this, or I didn't know that, um, Peter could not Peter, um, Simon (laughs) and could be, (laughs) Uh um, I didn't know Simon could be like, you know, 
um, kind of given this certain personality, but that it fits him. Right. And yeah, it, it just sparked these amazing conversations. I was like, wow, it, it gives you beautiful insights as to how the episodes affected certain people. Mm. And then going forward, you know, you would go to mass or you would open up your Bible and you would get to like certain parts, you know, in the um, Bible passages and you just can remember what happened in the chosen episodes and they do such a beautiful job. I think they do a beautiful job of depicting the characters' personalities and exactly how everyone was probably feeling during um, whatever miracle Jesus was performing and et cetera, et cetera. And so then you go back to reading or you go to mass and you hear these stories and you're like, oh yes, like it gives you a very good visual. It, mm. it brings you to that place of maybe as if like you were there yourself. Yeah. So in yeah. case you start, you know, watching the chosen and you have the place to do it, posting watch parties is a beautiful little ministry. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> honestly, honestly. And you know, it, it's funny because it took me um, a little while to start watching it, but at Karen's insistence. And then, um, I think it was my dad who started mm-hmm. watching it as well. Um, and between the two of them, I was finally like, okay, I guess I should see what this is all about. Um, and I, I like, obviously most of y'all know me, I feel things pretty deeply and, um, watching this first episode and seeing and hearing Jonathan Rumi as Jesus say to Liz Tabish as, um, Mary Magdalene, just calling her name, um, Mary and you are my, and going through, you know, when she's afraid, what is she, what is it, what, what are the words that we say, um, just really hit me hard because, it, you know, Mary Magdalene has always been such a special, um, person in my heart, like in the Bible, getting to know her, um, especially her as she, um, meets Jesus as the gardener after his resurrection. Like she mm-hmm. is so special to me in that moment, um, mm-hmm. of like him being right there in front of her and her not knowing who, who he is. So watching this, watching her transition, um, and her change and her conversion, it's so beautiful. Um, and then watching him call each of the disciples and getting to know who they are, um, is such an amazing way to bring people to Christ. Um, and there, you know, things, things about this show aren't perfect and they're not going to please everyone. Um, and we're not saying that they do, but the way that they do it is bringing the gospels to life. Yeah, truly. Um, and bringing part of the old Testament to life too. There are scenes from the old Testament. Um, and it's so incredibly powerful and I'm not surprised at all that they were able to release these re- release certain episodes in theaters and mm. have guys, this is completely crowdfunded. And if you don't know what that means, crowdfunded means that people are donating yeah. millions of dollars to have this TV show made and produced. That's what it means. And then those of us who don't have millions of dollars, they, they donate like what they have because right. they, they want other viewers 
to know Jesus through this show. Mm-hmm. You are, because when you do donate, you are literally making this show available to people um, who do not know Jesus. And perhaps this is their only and first way of getting to know him. And then they go back and read the gospels and mm-hmm. they're, they're able to put themselves in it. You guys like imaginative prayer. That's what this is. This mm-hmm. is creative, imaginative prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's really powerful. It's really beautiful. And I love seeing the different disciples personalities because I think by reading, you know, the gospels and getting to know Simon Peter, you would think, yeah, this, this dude's a little hot-headed, okay? Um, For and sure. then you get you to watch see him. Shahar <laughs> You're Isaac like, oh as, my gosh. Yeah, you get to see Shahar Isaac as um, Simon Peter. Right now he's Simon, still Simon. Um, but I can't wait to see how he portrays Peter. Peter, the first pope. <laughs> the <laughs> like, rock on which the church will stand. I mean, and watching the transformation of simon's faith and thinking how beautiful it is that he is humanized because and and jesus too because i was gonna be my next point yes i think that we go through the bible thinking that of of christ only as the father god the Mm -hmm. father god the son god the holy spirit not the trinity all in one and mm-hmm. definitely not like human, definitely yeah. not, but they bring him to life in a way that you're like, of course he would be laughing and playing games with his cousin. Of course he would be laughing and splashing around in the water with his disciples. There's an episode. Human. Yeah. And He's there's an episode human. where Jesus is with children. Like, let me tell you, like at a teacher's perspective and as a gosh, someone who desires like marriage and all things like, oh, so good like jesus with little children he is making silly noises he's making silly faces he's definitely getting the children involved with you know he's teaching them prayers he's Mm -hmm. it's so so good yeah and guys i mean this has become really big they just finished season three um and they're working on crowdfunding season four but also um i don't think they've started shooting for season four yet um i don't actually know But they are crowdfunding for season four, for sure. Um, Mm. But let me read you this. Um, This is from uh, the theaters. So like when they they put out, you know, which movies did so well in theaters, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Outside of the two previews, it was an interesting Thursday for titles and regular release. Um, Meaning that... The like Avatar: The Way of Water that just came out did not top the day. Instead, it was Fathom Events' chosen season three finale at only one thousand nine hundred forty theaters that led the day with one point six seven million dollars in one day. Guys, go Jesus! This this crowdfunded TV series beat out Avatar at the movie theaters. That's actually really can you say really cool eucharistic revival i mean come on and it's just i mean it's so incredibly beautiful so what i'd I'd really love to do is like pick out certain favorite parts of ours to chat about um because uh, i mean i wish we could go into every single episode but we really can't um 
this would probably last like 10 by the hours. way <laughs> by the way we are just talking about this in a sense that it has completely changed and shifted the way that we view the gospels and that the way that we view everyone around us um mm. this is not like <laughs> it would be great if the chosen sponsor does right but <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> but we're not can you that's, imagine? um but we're not chickens. we are just two women who really love um the way that this is bringing people to christ and want to share the beauty of it with you because it's free and because you can watch it. Um, yeah. And because it really humanizes Christ as man, um, and as son of God. So with that being said, I really want to kind of touch on like a few, um, maybe moments that really speak to us. So Karen, do you have any, like what, what's one that really speaks to you that we, you would love people to hear about? Um, well, before that, um, kind of piggybacking off of what Cameron said, um, it, it humanizes Jesus. Yes. Um, but it makes him more personable because how many times have we gone through our faith lives as thinking, thinking of Jesus and knowing that he's there and knowing that he's a person, um, but also like just knowing that he's there and he's this figure that's like you know, billion and billion miles away, um, where actually he is a very passionate and jealous lover and he only wants you in your heart. Um, and he's right there with you every step of the way, never leaving you alone. Um, and I saw this, um, quote the other day, I think it was by dynamic Catholic. I get their emails and they're doing some Lenten things. Um, because also like guys, Lent starts this Wednesday. Um, hello. Um, so that's the thing. Uh, <laughs> um, ask me how prepared I am for that. Um, but I saw this quote coming through my emails from Dynamic Catholic, and they said that Jesus sneezed too. And I thought that was really random. Huh. Um, but <laughs> it was a really, I think it's a really neat way to kind of describe the chosen because in this, you know, TV series, um, you can see Jesus. I wouldn't say like sneeze, but you can like see him laugh. You can see him make silly noises. You can um, see him cry. You can see him just be one of us, but obviously be above us because he is Christ. Um, so yeah, if you want to think of it that way, Jesus sneezed too, guys. Hey guys, Cameron here. So if you don't want a spoiler for the end of the season three finale of The Chosen, go ahead and skip to about 35 minutes and 15 seconds and you can continue listening. Um, but I think the first moment that I can think of just upon that question was in the season finale of season three when Jesus is walking on the water and the apostles are out in the boat and there's a storm and it's raining and it's just, guys, it's the worst storm. And Simon, who, you know, is kind of the leader of the gang, um, he's trying to tell the every he's trying to tell the boys like keep going like we can do this like just keep rowing and keep rowing because they're in this rowboat and they're like just keep going keep going keep going don't stop don't stop and they're like simon we are running in circles we can't go further and all of a sudden 
lightning flashes um and they see a ghost and that's what they proclaim they're like oh my gosh it's a ghost it's a ghost no it's a ghost and then you know lo and behold it's jesus and jesus is walking um on the water in the midst of the storm to his beloved and I don't I have to kind of paint the backdrop of this but okay this is a spoiler actually no I can I, can, I don't have to discuss this um <laughs> Simon and his wife Eden are going through a really 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 rough season in their marriage and that's all I'm gonna say so they're going through this really really rough season in their marriage um, and Jesus knows that because Jesus is all knowing. Um, and some of the other uh, disciples know this. Um, I don't think it's a whole collective group thing at this point, but Simon sees Peter. Jesus, no, Simon sees Peter. Simon sees Jesus. Um, Jesus is walking um, and they're like, what's going on? Um, and then Jesus calls out to them. It's It's me. Um, which I thought was really cool. Like he didn't, he didn't say like, it's Jesus. Like he just said, he just called out, it's me. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, Jesus, Jesus. And then Simon is like, he's, you know, going through these, this huge mental just anguish. Um, and I will have to, you know, kind of spoil that he is mad at Jesus. Um, so already kind of, knowing these emotions that Simon is going through. Well, um, I think at this point, like people, I'm going to put a disclaimer because we didn't put one before you started mentioning this. Um, it, and it's okay. Cause I'm going to edit it, but okay. um, I think, I think it's okay to say that. Um, so we are given backstory. So in the, in the gospels, like in the Bible, in the gospels, Simon is called to walk on um, the water to Jesus. He mm-hmm. says, Lord, call me. I have faith. Call me, call me to you. If it is you call me to you and Jesus does. Um, but we're not given a backstory on why Simon is asking Jesus to test his faith in this way. And the chosen gives us that backstory. Yeah. And it is because his wife Eden is experienced, has experienced a miscarriage. She has lost their baby. She almost died losing their baby. Simon Mm -hmm. wasn't there. He was out, um, you know, sent Jesus had sent them two by two. Um, and Simon was out. He wasn't there. And he is so incredibly angry, but he keeps saying, I have faith. I have faith. That's not the problem. You know, like, that's not the problem. The problem is that he's out there healing all of these other people and we are his, we are his, and he is not healing us. And Eden at the same time, you know, they're, they're split from each other at this point. Mm. And Eden is, is saying the same thing. She's being consoled by, um, the, the mother of John and James and Mary Magdalene. Mm -hmm. And she is saying, I, I was, I washed, I was purified. I, you know, isolated myself for seven days, you know, all of their rituals. Um, and she's saying, and I don't feel anything. I don't feel any better. I don't, I, nothing fixed it. Nothing will bring back my baby that I lost. And so they're both going through these things at the same time. And that is the reason why Simon is so angry with Jesus. He's saying, it's not my faith. I have faith. I've seen it. 
Like I've seen you heal these people. It's because you wouldn't do anything for me. Yeah. And that's when he says, if it is you call me out, let me walk to you. And so Jesus says, he calls him, he says, come. And Simon begins to walk. And we, of course, we all know the story, right? We all know that Simon begins to get scared and he begins to sink. And then Jesus reaches down and, and, and takes him up and just wraps him in his arms. And they both get into the boat and Simon is crying and saying, just please, Lord, don't leave me. Don't leave me. Um, don't let me go. Don't let me go. Don't let, don't me, let go. me go. Yeah. And it becomes, I mean, it is, it's so powerful when you see it because when you read it, you don't have that backstory. You're like, wow, this is so great. Like Simon is walking on water to Jesus because Jesus called him and this is amazing. And like, wow, what a miracle, but we don't know the why. And the chosen gave us, you know, their, their consideration of the why. Mm-hmm. And it was so powerful um, mm-hmm. just watching it. And th- so this was the surprise at the end of the season. We were not, nobody knew that this was going to be shared um, because this, the, the season eight, which is the finale was focused on the feeding of the 5,000, which is a whole other thing. Um, but it was so incredibly powerful. And at the same time, you're seeing these side by side where, where Simon is being held by Jesus. Don't let me go. Don't let me go. And Eden is finally washing clean. She is, um, she is focusing on this Psalm from the time of David that is mourning, that is not a happy, joyful Psalm. Um, but it does lead back to trusting but in the does. Lord. Right. And that is, I mean, it guys, it's just so beautiful. It just is. Um, but yeah, so that's, what's going on there. Thank you for we get to see this backstory. Yeah. We get to yeah. see this backstory because the, you know, they're, they're yelling, it's a ghost. It's a ghost. And, um, like Karen said, and, and they're all, they're rowing. And of course it's, it's pouring rain. They can't see it's dark. They've, they're covered, you know, they're covered in salt water and just, I mean, crazy. And it's, um, you know, in between the flashes of lightning, John, it's John who first sees him, his beloved. Mm -hmm. And he goes, did you see that? And we're just given a silhouette of Jesus amongst the lightning. Did you Mm -hmm. see that? And then, I mean, it's, it's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, and for those of you oh, yeah. who have watched it, who have seen it, you understand that this depiction of Jesus walking on water mm-hmm. is so much more relatable to us because I think we can say that we've all been in Simon's shoes at some point. I was just going yeah. to talk about that. Was yeah. I, When I say I was, I don't even want to say I was in tears. I was crying bawling my eyes out um because I saw myself in Simon um where he's trying to get out of the boat and the Lord is you have to also understand like this is amidst a crazy crazy storm um so kind of think about times in our life where we were in crazy crazy storms um and then there's Jesus and he's like I see you. And, and Simon, you know, at this point, like 
he's trying to kind of, you know, quote unquote, fight Jesus. And so part of me is like, how dare you talk to our Lord that way? And then I'm like, of course, like you about people could like talk to him that way, you know? Um, and Simon is like, he's, he's just screaming out and he's like, why Jesus? Why? Why? And it's, it's the way that he asked it. And it was just like, gosh, when he first, it's, it's the anguish in the voice. It's the, it's all of the raging emotions. It's, it's looking at Jesus who is just, who is there and who was not leaving. And he is standing on water just as he is. And it's just, <laughs> why, why Jesus? Why? And then if it is you call me out of the water and, you know, kind of having that anger of just like trying the Lord and just like in our, you know, human emotions of, okay, you know what, Jesus, if it is you, I will do it. If it is you, you will fix this. Okay. And if it's you, I will trust you. Um, and then Jesus is just ever so patient. And he's like, come out to me, come to me. And then Simon gets out. And he's, I think at this point, like he's still arguing with Jesus as to like walk into him, which is, you know, perfect for the moment. And then he gets to Jesus and then he's like, I'm here. I did it. Um, and then he begins to doubt and then Jesus saves him and then he gets in the water. Um, and then he gets back in the boat and then the moment of don't let me go. Don't let me go. Please don't let me go. Don't let me go. Don't let me go. And then the infamous Jesus looking at the weather and saying, calm, be still. And then what did the waves and the wind and the everything do? They, they ceased. So it's also that beautiful moment of, oh yeah, <laughs> Jesus can calm storms. Um, but just like Cameron said, like it, it's so much more powerful knowing the backstory. Yeah. Um, knowing knowing that it's not just words on a page in a book it's emotions it's anger it's sadness it's grief which are all ugly things they're valid things but they're ugly and then the perfect perfectness of jesus there yeah refusing to leave amidst the storms amidst the ugly continuing to fight for us continuing to prove to us that even though bad things happen to us even though life doesn't go our way even though yada 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 he is there and he is good and he will make all things new in his timing so yeah yeah, that's a (laughs) one of the moments that I was found in tears for. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I saw it in theaters um, and just, I mean, I was just choked up the whole time, Yeah, you know, so. um, What about you? Do you have a moment? Yeah, I do. Um, So I would say that one of my moments, um, is the calling of Nathaniel, who we know in the Bible, who's thought to be Bartholomew um, in the Bible. 
And the calling of Nathaniel is, you know, in the backstory, the occupation that he's given in the chosen um, is an architect and he's trying to build the synagogue and it just, nothing is working out. Nothing is working out. Everything's going wrong. Um, And he's not sure what his calling is and he's not sure what to do. And he goes and sits underneath this fig tree and he's like, do you even see me? Do you even see me? Um. And then later, as he meets Jesus with Philip, he meets Jesus and he, Jesus is like, I know you. And Nathaniel's like, what, you know? And he says, I saw you under that fig tree. I saw you. That's what the episode is called. Season two, episode two. I saw you. And Nathaniel just says, Rabbi, like you, you are Lord, you are Lord, you are this, you know, you are Lord, you are Rabbi. Um, And I think that one just really, really got to me. I think when I first saw it, and then honestly, every time I watch it, um, it gets to me because how how many times do we not feel seen? Um, you know, just, just before this, I was chatting with Karen about, um, a holy hour that I'd spent time in. And I feel like I came out of it feeling a little more like frustrated than I was when, when I went in, um, which doesn't make sense because normally you go into a holy hour and you're like, you know, maybe you're hurting, maybe you're frustrated and you come out most of the time, I would say feeling, um, consoled and at peace and renewed redeemed maybe um and I wasn't I wasn't feeling like that I came out of this holy hour feeling just frustrated I didn't feel seen I didn't feel heard I didn't feel like the fruits of my prayers were being um were like visible at all or even there um and I had this own moment of like (laughs) do you even see me you know, do you even see me? Um, and of course, sometimes we don't feel like that. We don't feel seen. And that's one of, I think that's one of the reasons, um, that Karen always says to people, you are seen, known, and loved just to remind them because they're like, how often do we feel like that? How often do we feel like Nathaniel? Um, so that's one of the scenes that really stuck to me was the calling of Nathaniel. The, I saw you under that fig tree. Um, you know, cause we never know who we bump into. Um, yeah. So that was one of the big things that stuck with me. And then I'll say that the other thing, um, I don't want to interrupt, but also something that happened with Nathaniel and Jesus, um, when, cause I think it's, um, Nathaniel is led by another disciple at this point to Jesus. And so the other disciple is there. I forget who is there. Um, Philip, thank you. Um, But Philip led him to Jesus. And then Jesus looks at Nathaniel and Nathaniel is like, okay. And then Jesus is like, oh, I I know you. And Nathaniel looks at, uh, not Peter, uh, Nathaniel looks at Philip. And then he's like, what? And then Jesus looks at Nathaniel is like, don't look at him. Look at me. Mm. Don't look at him. Look at me. And like, that was this, 
that's a little moment that I found important too, because it's like Jesus again is just so pursuant, pursuant, so pursuing with us. And it's just no, don't look at them. Look at me. No, mm-hmm. don't look at them. Look at me. But yeah, persistent in persistent. his pursuit of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what else were you gonna say, Cam? The other man, the other thing that really stuck out to me was this um was this this part where Mary Magdalene is talking to Matthew and this is again at the end of season three mm-hmm. and Matthew was struggling with where he was um and not wearing prayer tassels and everything that just has come from that come with that mm-hmm. and she tells him Matthew I know you felt unworthy I know you felt unworthy and then she says this and I again like choked up in the theater hearing her say this because uh if y'all remember back to our first episode of the year our first episode of season two um we talked about our words for the year and mm-hmm. mine was abundance mm-hmm. and mary magdalene had um this line that she said we think that life is full of scarcity and not abundance but then there are those times when out of nowhere somehow the world expresses its longing to be whole and suddenly God steps in and we're pulled out of our blindness and are invited into redemption. And I mean, wow. my goodness, what a, what a reminder. We think that the world is full of scarcity and not abundance. Um, and, and as an earthly world, that's true, but the Lord is full of abundance he gives abundantly. He comes so we may live abundantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for her just to say that he pulls us into redemption from that, um, from that feeling of scarcity, from that feeling of suffering, um, that he, he calls us out of our blindness. He calls us into redemption. He does redeem all things. Um, you know, I was listening to a podcast, um, Pines with Aquinas with mm-hmm. Matt Fred and Cameron Fred. And, um, one of the things that Matt Fred was talking about was that, um, um, oh, you know, it wasn't Pines with Aquinas. I was listening to Catechism in a year this morning. That's what I was doing. <laughs> I was listening. To, I, I was listening to Pines with Aquinas and that, that was a good one too. Um, but I was listening to catechism in a year this morning with father, Mike Schmitz. With father, Mike Schmitz. and he said something that struck me as strange, um, that evil wasn't created. Like evil didn't exist as like a thing. And I was kind of like, what is he talking about? And then he explained it. God created everything. God created everything. He did not create evil. God is only good. He created good evil comes where there is a lack of goodness or where good things have been twisted and manipulated. And I was so like, whoa. So even in those times where God now God allows things to happen, mm-hmm. he allows sufferings, mm-hmm. um, but they are not created by him. They are not punishments from him. They are not tests from him, etc. cetera. Um, mm-hmm. They are allowed by him. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
he takes those things and he redeems them. That's not to say those things are good. Those things are sufferings, you know, that there is evil that works and in the world. And um, that's not to say that those sufferings aren't sufferings and that they are good, but he takes those and redeems them. And so I, it really struck me that Mary Magdalene was saying this because she herself was redeemed, you know, um, she was possessed and she was a terrible person and, you know, and um, just really struggled with all of these things. And the Lord took that and redeemed her. Yeah. Um, so I really love that she brought that and that she was talking to Matthew and telling him like, as a tax collector, I know you felt unworthy to wear these prayer tassels, to be called by Jesus, to be here. Like, I know you felt unworthy, um, but he calls us out of blindness and into redemption. And man, what a line, honestly, mm-hmm. you know, um, which is why I'm so glad we have the chosen because we're taking these little parts of the Bible that, and the gospels that, you know, the, deci- I mean, my goodness, how much they did not write down. I mean, which gospel mm-hmm. is it, Karen, that says, you know, Jesus did all these other things, but it would just be too much to write down. And so we've focused on these, which one of it know. is, I'm which, <laughs> which one of them is it? Because <laughs> I think it's important to mention, I think that people try to leave that part out of the Bible. Like, yeah, this is all that Jesus did. No, that is not because we don't really get to hear from him from the time he's born. And then, you know, he's in the oh. temple. But then from the time he's in the temple to when he starts his ministry, I want you to really hear I want you to guess what gospel it's in. Is it in Matthew? No. Is it in Luke? No. Is it in John? It's in John. Okay. I was like, there's only two more. <laughs> no, leave it to good old John. John the uh, beloved. Yeah. Jesus yeah. did. There are many more things that Jesus did. Um or Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Boom. So, yeah. I mean, as it's just, yeah, I'm, that that's where the chosen kind of steps in is like this creative, um, you know, interpretation of, <laughs> of, of, you know, the people and the personalities that were in the Bible. Yeah. So, because yeah, I mean, they're called literally James and John are called the sons of thunder. And yeah. so it makes <laughs> perfect sense. Episode. Their personalities, you know, their personalities fit that so well. Yeah. We forget that these are men like people in their, you know, 20s and 30s for the most part. And yeah. so they're going to be hot headed. Yeah. They're yeah. going to be hot headed. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm really glad you you've said all that because one of my next moments that I wanted to talk about deals exactly with what you just talked about. Um, so thanks God. Um, but it reminded me, um, before I talk about it, um, kind of going back to the calling of Mary Magdalene, um, also understand that. And I, I don't know if this is in the Bible, so forgive me, but, um, in the chosen, they called her Lilith. So she had, um obviously her name is Mary um but she has like a tragic like backstory um and then she got older made some very poor decisions um and now she was known for you know um having seven demons and whatnot and so she had the name Lilith and so when Jesus called her 
and he was like, Mary, that was kind of also a big point about why it meant so much was because she was also called this other name. So there's that. Um, But just as Cameron talked about with, you know, in seasons of nothingness, in seasons of where there isn't an abundance and then God redeeming it, um, there is a moment in season three, episode two, it's called Two by Two. And this is the one where Jesus sends out his his men two by two and um there are two james in the group there's big james and there's little james um i think biblically it's james the great and then james the lesser um i think yeah okay um because i know my birthday is the feast day of james the great which i thought that was really funny um but (laughs) um um, the this is um, little James. And so in the chosen little James has something with his leg, I think. Um, but he's not able to walk right, I guess. Um, I don't know what it is, but he's always had to use like a walking stick slash cane. And so, um, the disciples have all just, um, gotten their missions and Jesus is like, okay, so take this you know, night to prepare yourselves, go tell your loved ones, like you're about to, you know, go forth and be sent. Um, you're about to go. And so it's this one moment where he's like, Jesus is like, okay, I'm going to go. Um, I'll see you in a little bit or whatever he says. And so little James like scurries after him. And he's like, and was due reason because Jesus had this whole speech about you now have the power that I have. Um, you have the power to heal. You have the power to, um, cast away demons in my name. Um, you have the, you you can do what I do in a sense. Um, and so you, that moment was also really cool because the camera like panned while Jesus is saying these things, you can, the camera's panning around all the, um, all the men. And so you can see like each of their personalities and you can see like all their reactions. And so, stands due to reason that when Jesus emphasized like you can heal the sick and you can um heal the lame little James is being shown and so little James is like what <laughs> I'm part of the lame what is this and so um it's this moment where Jesus finishes talking with everybody Jesus leaves and then little James goes after him and then he's like rabbi teacher Jesus and he turns around and he's like, ah, oh, yes, little James, what can I do for you? Or, or whatever. Um, and I think little James is like, just, he just like goes for it. And he's so brave and he's so bold. And he's just like, Jesus, forgive me, but I don't understand because you said that I can heal the lame and Jesus obviously fully knowing what is going to happen next. He's, you know, he's like, he's kind of smiling a little bit and he's like, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I said. And little James is, um, he's obviously kind of torn. He's like, I don't understand if if I'm the lame or if I'm part of the lame, how do you expect me? Basically, how do you expect me to to heal these other, these other people who are like me? And kind of similar to Simon, where it's like, there's the hurt of they've seen Jesus heal. They've seen Jesus 
do these miracles with all these other people who don't know Jesus as personally as they might've, um, or as they do. And there's the hurt. You can see lots of emotions flash across his little James face of anger and hurt and disappointment and feelings of being forgotten, being left out, um, not being sought after, not being seen. Um, and it's just this really intense moment between little James and Jesus. And he's like, Jesus, I, I want to be healed. And I, I think Jesus, it's been a while since I've seen the episode, but I think Jesus asked him, do you want to be healed? Or, um, or now I think he asked like, do you want to be healed? I think it, it was just more like a, I know you want to be healed, but it, it was just this beautiful moment of, um, I know you want to be healed. I know you want this. But I wish I knew the direct quotes because I don't want to misquote them. But basically it was, even if I don't heal you, you are still going to do amazing things in my name. And think of all the great things that you're going to do through this cross that you have to carry and you know that episode was recorded and it was sent out and everybody watched it and i think i saw like an article on not an article but i saw something online about it about how it's like we kind of have to be careful kind of with our thoughts about that because jesus is the ultimate physician he is the ultimate doctor and healer he can heal but kind of going off of what Cameron talked about of God doesn't create evil. It, he's, he doesn't, no, he doesn't create evil. He is pure good. He is purely good. But he allows certain things to happen to us. And gosh, how many times in my life, how many times in probably Cameron's life and or any of your lives where you've gone through things and you're just like, why am I having to carry this cross that I, I never wanted? Mm. Why am I the one suffering for this? Why? why? <laughs> it's probably a big question that we often ask our Lord is why? I, I never wanted this. Or I thought this was your plan for me. And now it's turned this way. Or why did this person hurt me? I thought they were never going to hurt me. I thought I could trust them. I thought I could be vulnerable with them. I thought I could give them my heart. I thought, et cetera, et cetera. And for Jesus, who knows your heart because he created it, it's that moment where he gets to remind you that for whatever reason, <laughs> He allows certain things to happen, but it's always for good. And it's always in his perspective, he he wants to, he wants you to go back to him. He always wants things to lead back to him. And I once heard it phrased um, in a Steubenville um conference talk by father mike actually um the last Steubenville conference i went to it Steubenville conferences are you know big big conferences for um catholics um high schoolers 
mainly. And Father Mike was up there and I think it was like the first night and we were about to enter into a season of, um, not a season, but a moment of adoration. And he expressed to us the quote of God is a good dad. God is a good dad. And like, I don't know why it was at that moment, but I've never heard someone phrase it that way. Um, because he was like, our, our Lord is a good father. And what do all good fathers want is they want their children to be happy. Um, but our Lord is a good dad. Our Lord is a good father. And that's often what I've told other people as well. Um, just to remind them too, because it's so true. Um, good dads are many things. Good dads also allow certain things to happen with certain, you know, regards, depending on the situation. But if it's going to lead to your ultimate good, certain things are allowed to happen pain-wise. Whether that means you get to learn something about yourself, you get to learn something about other people, um, you become stronger, you become wiser, you become whatever, whatever that reason may be. But good dads are wise enough to know and understand what's going to lead to your ultimate good. So that was a beautiful moment that, gosh, I, I cried at that moment too. <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of glad that like, I know it was, season three is a rough season. Yeah. It's but a it's good also season. So, it's also so beautiful and it's fun yeah. too. So at the end of, um, at the end of the season, we get into the feeding of the 5,000. And that mm. was particularly fun for me because my family and I were part. Of I was so hoping filming. you were talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, <laughs> my dad, my sister and I were um, three out of the thousands of people that filmed the feeding of the 5,000. Um, and I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about that filming process. So um, it was very, very hot. It was the first week of June. We filmed in Midlothian, Texas um where Anxious. their texas set is um so they have one in, in utah i believe and then here in texas um and their texas set is in midlothian so we filmed up there it was very hot it was well over 100 degrees um with very high humidity people come came from all over the united states and a few um foreign countries i think we had a couple people from paris um i feel like there was one person from australia um, at least that I knew about, I'm sure there's tons more countries that they came from, um, but they came from all over and we were, you know, it was, um, because the screen actors guild has a lot of, um, um, regulations regarding COVID. We had to be tested and screened beforehand. And then we had to do on-site testing as well. We were bused from um, this large parking lot to set. Um, and there they had like this huge thing going on. I mean, they had concerts and, and talks and they fed us Chick-fil-A and we were able to take That's pictures. Um, yeah. And um, so they, they put us into different groups, um, like colored groups, pink, orange, green, um, that, that told us our filming time. So 
Um, they had a large group film on Tuesday and a large group film on Wednesday. And then they had a smaller group film on Thursday. Um, so my family filmed on Wednesday and then in the smaller group on Thursday. And um, it was <laughs> it was so much fun, but so hot to you guys. Like I'll, I'll post some pictures when this episode comes out. Um, we were very sunburnt. Um, very. We had our we had <laughs> I our costumes. Cam when she came back. Yeah, we had our costumes created by um, someone in my parents' neighborhood. She we we provided all the linen, um, and she created them based on a pattern um, that was sent out by, um, like the casting team, and um, we learned so much about like the actual filming process, um, and you know, it's, it's funny because it's so difficult. Actually, there's so many of us, um, we have to be so quiet, very, very quiet. Um, even when we're not filming, even when they're just running through the lines beforehand. Um, but, oh, and the, and the, the bread and the fish that y'all see it's, it was real, um, real bread, real fish smelled real bad. Oh my um, gosh. In the hot sun. <laughs> oh, I'm so sure. It, yeah, it was um pita bread. And we were instructed to like take little bites um as we passed out and passed them around. Um and you know, when we were talking, so those those shots that you see of people like kind of talking back and forth, you know, we're not actually talking, we are mouthing to each other. Um, so it was very awkward because you have hundreds of these people around you and it's still deathly quiet and all you can hear are, like the sounds that people's mouths are making as they're mouthing to each other these these numbers and words that we're, we're just counting um, and but you know you learn so much about people where they came from how they learned how to you know or how they learned about the chosen um, one of the Roman soldiers I got talking with him that's his horse like he, that's his horse and he came out and, and they had a casting for um they're like hey we need horses we'll give you the um we'll give you the costumes so he just comes out every time he they need like a roman soldier on a horse in the background he just comes out with his horse that's um, that's right awesome. isn't that incredible wow. so you get to you get to learn a whole lot about it um very very cool everybody's so great um and so part of the part of the process was, you know, when they're sending out the um, um, like Jesus is, is doing his sermon and, you know, they didn't have megaphones back then or microphones. So they were passing the, the sermon back. Um, and so the, you know, Jesus, Jonathan Rumi would say something at the very front and then all the disciples would say it passed back. And so um it was a really unique experience that I would love to do again. Um, perhaps not in such heat, but I would love to do it again. And then, you know what, what was actually really great um, for me was just getting to see these, um, these actors as the disciples in character. <laughs> I'm <laughs> was, sure. Like, in person, it was very, very cool. Um, and they weren't technically supposed to take pictures with anybody. Um, there's just too many of us. Right. 
Um, yeah. But like as we were leaving, um, Austin Reed Alleman, who plays Nathaniel, ironically enough, um, came up and asked if my sister and I wanted a picture. <gasps> and we were like, heck yeah, we do. So that's awesome. Uh, Austin, thank you for that. It was a really, really um, very cool experience, especially because your scene resonated with me so much. So um, <laughs> shout out to you, Austin. Um, and um, Dallas Jenkins almost stepped on my hand, which was awesome. Hey, there we and go. You know what? You know what was so wonderful, honestly, Karen was at the end of the day. Um, we we'd been on set, um, so th- they like I said, they shifted our different groups, so not all of us were on set at the same time. Mm-hmm. There were well over six, seven thousand people there, um, mm-hmm. especially like between the two days. But what was so very cool was at the end of the day, it was dark outside. We were exhausted. We'd been like, my group had been on set for like at least six, seven hours. Um, and Dallas came on to every single bus that was taking us back to our cars. He came onto every single bus and like thanked us and gave us all a high five, like went up and down the bus aisle, giving us all a high five, every single bus that went out there for thousands yeah. of people. <laughs> They came up to film this. Mm. Um, So, yeah, I mean, you, you, I think sometimes you're so starstruck that you forget these people are people. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was a really incredible and unique experience to get to be on set, to be able to film, to see my name in the credits. Um, My dad and my sister and my name, like in the credits. Very cool. Um, but yeah, and I, I, you know, I just, I wanted to kind of like end on this really fun part of The Chosen because where are you going to find something like this? Like an opportunity to do something like this, to support something like this, to be in something like this. Um, and, you know, and just be a part of this, eucharistic revival truly mm-hmm. um in a way that's not specifically catholic but it's leading people to christ mm-hmm. um and i think sometimes maybe we get so hung up on the right way to do things if it's um you know it has to be like a high latin mass or it has to be very contemporary with guitars etc in the mass um and we you know we get we get kind of stuck on um, which one of these is right when in reality, they're both valid. Um, And we forget sometimes that we need, you know what, just what Brendan was saying last week, to be honest, you know, we, we have to give these people a little bit at a time. Um, Mm -hmm. It's very hard to just dunk them into all of that. You know, I, Mm -hmm. I, I don't think that I would, give someone who's interested in becoming a Catholic or even a Christian at that point, I don't think that I would give him one of JP2's encyclicals to start with. <laughs> that would be I mean, not, unless they showed like read that and unless been, they showed passion for like JP2's teachings if they know it. But I'm well what I'm saying what I'm saying is is the, these people who aren't even introduced to who Jesus is as a person. Yeah. I would not give them one of JP2's encyclicals and say, okay, dive in. Let me know if you have questions. <laughs> like, Love your responsibility. That's not what it is. But the chosen gives people an opportunity to get mm. to know Jesus as son of God 
and as man on earth who's not, not i want to be specific not man of earth man on earth mm. but they give it gives them an opportunity to get to know who he is and that way when they're going to they're reading these their, their bibles they're pulling them out and they're reading them and they can imagine oh yeah i can imagine this scene, this imagine, mm-hmm. like I've, I'm immersed in imaginative prayer because of the mm-hmm. opportunity that the Bible or that the chosen has given me. Um, and so I just want to make that like pretty clear that this is a great way to introduce people to who Jesus is. So now, of course, we have to be careful and not getting wrapped up in like, ooh, Jonathan Rumi as Jesus, because while he plays a wonderful Jesus, um, we have to make sure that we, we, we know who Jesus is, not who um, Jonathan Rumi as Jesus is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So just making sure that we're getting that. But, um, but this is a really great opportunity just for people to like get a taste of what their life could be if they, you know, surrendered to Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you know, we're trying to wrap this up. Um, so I'll be very brief, but you're talking about imaginative prayer. Um, there is a specific certain way to pray kind of with that is called Lectio Divina. Um, so Lectio Divina, if we haven't talked about it before, basically is you, uh, open up your Bible, you, you know, pick out whatever you're going to read that day. Um, whether it's, you know, something from the gospels or a Psalm or, um, something from any of the other books, basically. Um, and you pick that passage and the whole point is to not necessarily see what like the Lord is trying to like make you feel per se, but kind of in that sense. Um, so what you do is, you know, you pick that passage and you, you read it once and then you, I, I, I mean, okay, obviously start over you invite the Holy spirit in. So you pray beforehand, obviously, um, invite the Holy spirit in, um, surrender your time, however much time you're you know, going to do this. Um, and then you open up the Bible and then you read that passage, whatever it is. And then you kind of sit with it for a little bit, um, a couple of minutes, however long you want to take, and then you read it again. And you just continue to ask the Holy spirit, ask the Lord, um, what is it that you want me to learn? It, it, it can be very creative with your questions. You can ask anything from Lord, what do you want me to learn from you in this story? Or, um, Lord, please reveal something about your heart to me in this, um, or, you know, get creative. This is your time with the Lord and your time in prayer. And then you read the passage again hmm. and again, and you want to make sure to read it slowly. So kind of in a sense, imagine a prayer, but Lectio Divina, I have done it before. Do I do it often? No, but um, is it is it a really beautiful form of prayer? Yes. Do I have friends who do it and who see beautiful fruits come from it? Yes. Um, so maybe that's something, if you're into like imaginative prayer, if you're into um, that sort of prayer, Lectio Divina might be it for you, so. Yeah. And I, I do like Lexio Divina is so beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm talking, I think specifically about imaginative prayer, which is, you know, you, you do read 
like a certain part of the gospel, for example, mm-hmm. but you put yourself into it. Um, so you are oh. imagining being there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I know Lexio Divina is beautiful. Lexio Divina is a, is a wonderful way to pray. Um, and you are in, in, in that you're picking out, you know, certain things that stand out to you mm-hmm. that you want to meditate on like that certain phrase or that certain word. Um, mm. but imaginative prayer and the way that I'm speaking about it is mentally putting yourself into that scene, for example. Mm. Um, and so I think that the creation of the chosen is a form of imaginative prayer. Um, and we're allowed to travel with them and see what it was like, um, in a way that helps us understand maybe Jesus a little bit more and his heart a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I, both are beautiful ways to pray. And, um, yeah, I, I, I think that this has been a really great conversation about the chosen and yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So again, like this is, this is not us saying, you know, you need to watch it. Um, this is, but you need to watch it, but this is something that we are, (laughs) we truly love and we think is beautiful and a wonderful way to get yourself kind of immersed in prayer. So if you are feeling a little bit of spiritual dryness, um, it's very possible Mm. that the chosen could help you, um, kind of get out of that a little bit. It's another heart of Jesus. Instead of trying to, instead of trying to sit there and, um, and imagine how much the Lord loves you. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. it's easier when that's kind of brought to life on screen. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just encourage you all to take a look. Uh, you can download the Chosen app. It is free. Everything is free. You can watch it for free. The bloopers are hilarious. Please watch those. Those are hilarious. Um, I was yeah, about to so say, great. where can we watch the Chosen? Yeah, yeah, you can watch the Chosen on the Chosen app, on the Angel Studios app. Um, now it's on Netflix they so, yes if you also were to um just go to google mm-hmm. yeah if you just go to google and just type in the chosen um it'll lead you to this website called angel.com slash watch slash the chosen um i believe you can also watch it on youtube i'm pretty sure um I'm not but sure, yeah. um uh, but yeah so like the angel studios has an app and they're the yeah. crowdfunding source um and then the chosen has an app specifically like for the chosen. And then you can watch all the round tables. So what we were talking about earlier with, um, you know, the rabbi, the priest and the, um, the pastor, you can kind of watch them chat with, I think it's with Dallas about, um, certain aspects and certain decisions that Dallas made in directing the chosen, um, Mm -hmm. and writing it. So, yeah. Um, Look but into with it. that, I really want to go into our holy spontaneity moment. So Karen, yes, take it away. I brought it up earlier that I was a substitute teacher yesterday. So I was at um, high school and I was a PE coach. So um, I am just going to say that I woke up feeling a bit warm. Um, <laughs> check my temperature, 99.0. Six, I think. And so I was like, well, this isn't too bad of a fever that I can stay home. So I went to school. Um, and there I okay, for those who are worried, no, it was not COVID. I do not have COVID. Um, <laughs> if you're worried, but I honestly felt great. I went to school and I have been in that position um in the past. And the last time I was there, I ended up playing volleyball with this one girl who is 
you know, playing volleyball by herself against a wall. So I was like, I'm gonna get off my booty and go play with her. Um, and she was just a joy. She was a freshman and she's got quite the story. Um, and she had just played volleyball and she remembered me from the last time I was there. She's like, Miss Gallagher, you're back. Do you want to play volleyball with us? And so, you know, it was just a beautiful moment where I was like, you know, if I it's actually, you know, sick. Um, I would have missed this and I would have, you know, missed her. And yeah. And I mean, the last time I was there, she was like, um, Miss Gallagher, are you gonna be back tomorrow? Are you gonna be back anytime soon? It's like, I, I don't know, sweetie. Um, but this certain coach, we're now in track season for those of y'all who are, you know, into sports. Um, so they're now in track season. And so the other coaches were like, Well, this coach will be out every Thursday if you want to make this a habit. So <laughs> it's like, oh. yeah, no. Um, so anyway. Yeah. Um, current yeah. update, we now have a fever. So <laughs> oh no. 101.6. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you need to go to bed. <laughs> I need to eat um, first. I'm pretty sure we got pizza that came to the door like an hour ago. But oh my gosh. It's 10 o'clock at night for this. I promise I don't normally sound like this, guys. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So my whole spontaneity moment is um this past weekend I was in Charleston. Um those of y'all who listened to our last podcast podcast episode know um, I was in Charleston this past weekend and one of our exhibitors for our conference um, has a ministry called Visual Grace. She's an artist and a dancer. Um, her name is Kate Capato. I think I'm saying that right. Um, anyway, I had to buy one of her paintings. It is so beautiful and it spoke to me so clearly that like I needed this one um right here and I'm gonna show Karen and I'm also going to put it on excited. the um <gasps> oh my on the Instagram so oh, I'm gonna describe it it is oh my <laughs> it is um Gabriel Saint Gabriel um with Mary and it's the Annunciation so it is Wow. An image um, of Mary's fiat. And I am so in love with Mary and um, just love everything about her fiat because it is quite a challenge um, to say yes to the Lord every day. And she did it at 14 years old. <laughs> Yep. And she said yes to a baby. So if Mary can say yes to a baby at 14 years old, um, unmarried at the time, well betrothed, but unmarried at the time, um, I can say yes to getting up early tomorrow and working out. Like, <laughs> ooh, you, you know? go, girl. Um, On a well, my my ankle's not totally healed yet, but I can do abs. Um, <laughs> hey yo, there you go. <laughs> so, but anyway, so that's my holy spontaneity moment. Is I purchased this um, painting and, um, I haven't framed it yet. I'm going to get it framed. Um, but having sacred art in your home is such a wonderful visual reminder of prayer. Um, and it's, you know, she, she's, she talks about her painting and she's like, she, this is not just meant to be a beautiful piece of art. It is meant to be a prayer and is meant to be prayed with. Um, and so it's, it's not just going to sit in my home, and and just be there it is going to be um a place where i can pray so that is my so holy spontaneity funny. moment um and with that karen is going to go eat some cold pizza and 
and go to sleep so that she can wear off her fever and i'm gonna go to bed um because i want to so because i want to i love that <laughs> love the confidence yeah yeah all right guys so, thank you right, so much for listening yeah we'll see you guys next week have Noticing. a wonderful day known and loved by mm-hmm. y'all Thanks for listening to Holy Spontaneity. Go ahead and give us a rate and review and download your favorite episode for easy listening on the go. Hey, might as well follow us on Instagram too, at Holy Spontaneity. See y'all next time.